everyone. Welcome to Novel Finds, the podcast where we talk about your favorite books, our favorite books, and everything in between. Hey, I'm Maggie. And I'm Julia. And today we're here to talk about some summer loving books. Yes, the beach reads that you all want and probably have read. That's right. But by the time this comes out, there will really only be one month left of summer. Where did it go? I don't know. So we're here to save that last month with some good romance novels. Yes, some quick reads if you want to throw in a couple more books. That's right. Well, Julia, should we just jump right in? Let's do it. Okay. No, I feel like we just jump right in. Never. So let's do it this time. All right. Amazing. Let's do it. Um, Julia, let's share your summer love and read. Uh, maybe give us a little synopsis and then a fun fact. Okay. Yeah, I can do that. So the book that I picked for Summer Lovin' slash a book that I would read on the beach is called Safe Haven by Nicholas Sparks. I'm sure you've heard of it. It was literally the first thing that popped into my head when I was like, oh, summer books. And I was looking at my bookshelf just like, hmm, I don't have any summer books. <laughs> so, <laughs> And then this one was on here because it's like – I actually had like a Nicholas Sparks time frame in my life and like oh, yeah. early high school, I think. That's when I had mine too. Yeah. I wonder why. I don't know. I mean, we were we were in high school at the same time. So I wonder why, like what was going on in our lives. I My guess, honestly, is that the last song came out mm, and that is about Miley a high Cyrus. schooler, Miley Cyrus. Yep. And so then it just got me started on like a really intense Nicholas yep, Sparks yep. kick. That checks out. That completely makes sense. <laughs> um, but the synopsis on the back of the book, because once again, I did not write a summary, um, but I did write a very long fun fact because there were a lot of interesting facts. Anyway, <laughs> back of the book summary. When a mysterious young woman named Katie appears in the small North Carolina town of Southport, her sudden arrival raises questions about her past. Beautiful, yet self-effacing Katie seems determined to avoid forming personal ties until a series of events draws her into two reluctant relationships, one with her plain-spoken neighbor Joe and another with Alex, a widowed store owner with two young children. Katie slowly begins to relax her guard, putting down roots in the community and becoming increasingly attached to Alex and his family. But even as Katie begins to fall in love, she struggles with the dark secret that still haunts her. With Joe's support, Katie eventually realizes that she must choose between a life of transient safety and one of riskier rewards, and that in the darkest hour, love is the only true safe haven. Wow. That is such a long synopsis. <laughs> I feel like that was the whole book. I loved it. <laughs> yep. Yep. They're really, I mean, this is an old book. It, I'm trying to think, when did it come out? It is pretty old. I mean, it's probably like 2009. Yeah, which I was a freshman in high school in 2009. Yeah. Okay. The book came out 2010. The movie came out 2012. Okay. Well, so that would make sense. You all have had so plenty feel like of I'd... time to read it. Yeah, I'm not going to worry about spoilers here, guys. So Sorry. <laughs> sorry, but not sorry. It's a really <laughs> easy read. Also, if you've read any of Nicholas Sparks' other books, you'll know how it goes. Right. You know they're going to end happy. 
Right, right. Yeah. So that was the book that I chose. But do you want to hear these random fun facts that then is also going to be like sort of a game for you? Oh, sure. Okay. Okay. So I have like three fun facts. The first one is Nicholas Sparks has written 22 books and two nonfiction books, and all of them have been on the New York Times bestsellers list. Wow. Good for him. Which is insane. That is insane. He found his formula and kept to it, and it worked. It's working for him. Yeah. Good for him. Um, Also... 11 of these 24 books have been made into movies, and I personally have watched nine of the 11. Oh, okay, Mm -hmm. okay. Yeah. I mean, my question for you is, how many have you watched? And I have the list of them. Yes, let me Um, quick look at the list that you wrote down. Well, how about I read the list? Yes, so everyone knows. just say, yeah. (laughs) That's good. Okay, that's smarter. All right, all right. Um, So we've got The Notebook. Obviously. Obviously, yes, you have read the or watched that. We've got the last song. We of course have watched that. Yes, uh, the longest ride. I have not watched that one. Really, that one I feel like is the one that I have watched the most. Really? Uh huh. Um, okay. I like that one actually. Message in a bottle. No. Same. I have not. <laughs> Don't even know what it's about. So I watched the trailers for the ones that I haven't watched this morning, and Message in a Bottle has Kevin Costner in it. Oh. And he, it's a movie that was made in 1999, and I remember the cover of the DVD case is just him with a short-haired blonde woman sitting under a blanket on the beach looking out to the horizon. Hmm. Um, okay. That's it. That's what it is. So message in a bottle, a walk to remember. Obviously. Naturally. Yes. Uh, that may have been the first one that I've ever watched. I think it was mine stuff. too. Yeah. Right. I love Mandy more in that. She's so good. Oh yeah. Um, dear John. Yes. Love that one. Nights in Rodanth. Okay. Here, this one's, this one counts as a half watch because my friend Did and you I, fall asleep? I fell asleep. <laughs> I I didn't even finish the trailer for that one. I was like, no, thanks. Richard Gere, I'm sorry. I just can't. I'm not into it. really boring. Yeah. The next one, The Choice. I have not. I am pretty sure I've watched that one. Uh, The Best of Me. I have read that book, but I haven't watched the movie for that one. The Lucky One. Yes. Zac Efron. (laughs) Right. (laughs) And finally, Safe Haven. Of course. So the only ones that I have not watched in that list are Nights in Rodanth and Message in a Bottle. Okay. Well, I'll definitely... I know The Longest Ride is on Netflix, so that'll be my next one to check out. I watched that one semi-recently, like a year and a half ago, when I was staying in a house in Beach, North Dakota, which is not a beach. Um, Of course not. It's in North Dakota. (laughs) Like, why would you expect uh. a place called Beach to actually have a beach there? Um, but the house that I was staying in while I was on tour didn't have Wi-Fi, but they did have the longest ride on DVD. So I watched that. Nice. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and the final, like, really crazy fun fact I've got for you, this one's just, like, from his website. Okay. And I was like, why did you put this on your website, Nicholas? Like, I why? know. What a weirdo. <laughs> But it's it, good for him. Uh, he runs 30 miles a week, lifts weights four days a week, practices taekwondo, and 
is a black belt. I who has the time? Especially when you're writing all of these books. <laughs> like, sir, I'm glad you're in shape, but also like this has nothing to do with writing or, or anything. But this is so much exercise. I know. Who has the time? Plus he has five kids. I know. Wow. I don't know how old they are though, so maybe they're past the stage maybe where you have to out. like be constantly taking care of them. That's possible. But still, mm-hmm. I feel like that tracks, though, with his books really feeling like a formula, a good mm-hmm. formula. He knows what he's doing. He's yeah. catching his readers, but it feels like there's very little creativity. <laughs> if he has, oh, I'm Gulliver, <laughs> sorry, if he has this much time. This is true. Um, I'm also reading the back of the book <gasps> for mine, which I don't love doing. But what I really liked about the back of this is that it gave a vague idea of what was going on without getting mm-hmm. into any of the nitty gritty. Oh, okay. Um, so I just, I wanted to do this one. Um, so my summer loving book is Beach Read by Emily Henry. Augustus Everett is an acclaimed author of literary fiction. January Andrews writes best-selling romance. When she pens a happily ever after, he kills off his entire cast. They're polar opposites. In fact, the only thing they have in common is that for the next three months, they're living in neighboring beach houses, broke and bogged down with writer's block. Then, one hazy evening, one thing leads to another and they strike a deal designed to force them out of their creative ruts. Augustus will spend the summer writing something happy, and January will pen the next great American novel. She'll take him on field trips worthy of any rom-com montage, and he'll take her to interview surviving members of a backwoods death cult. Obviously. Everyone will finish a book, and no one will fall in love. Hmm. Okay. It's very vague. It doesn't get into any of, like, the details of their personal life. And Mm -hmm. honestly, my favorite part was, like, uncovering those. So I didn't want to reveal too many of them until we got deeper into the episode. Oh, okay. So do you want to hear a few fun facts about Emily Henry? I do. Okay. So there is not too much information about her out in the universe. In mm-hmm. fact, she doesn't even have a Wikipedia page. You should make one. I know. <laughs> what is happening, you guys? <laughs> um, but a few fun facts. Emily Henry has written six books. Her past two books, Beach Read and People We Meet on Vacation, have been on the New York Times bestselling list. She went to Hope College for creative writing in Holland, Michigan, and her book, Beach Read, which I just read, takes place in a fictional town that she says she based off of Holland, Michigan, which is Uh. where you, Julia, it's kind of near where you grew up. Yeah, yeah. I didn't grow up in Holland, but I grew up like 30 to 40 minutes north of there, just up the beach a little bit. So she's just basing it off her real life. Interesting. All right, you got to give me a second. My dogs are driving me crazy. Okay. One sec. How did you come across your book, Safe Haven? Honestly, probably in my high school's library. I don't know. (laughs) At a garage sale, uh, a box of books that were 50 cents. (laughs) I don't, I don't know. (laughs) Um, Oh my gosh. Yeah. I mean, I mean, that all makes sense to me. It checks out. Oh yeah. The, the binding of the book. So I tend to break the bindings of all of my paperbacks. Oh no. Um, 
Oh, it's not an like I enjoy breaking the bindings oh, of all okay. the paperbacks. You like them to be nice and bendy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and so when I grabbed this from my mom's house, I it was already like super super bendy and okay. like just awful. Oh yeah, and that is so. Worn I was like, in. obviously, I must have read this book before, but I literally couldn't remember anything other than oh. Katie's name, the main character. Um, so it was like a nice surprise and it was already broken in. So I didn't have to worry about doing it <laughs> again. I'm so glad that that's a, a requirement for you. Right. A prerequisite for your paperbacks. Yep. Yep. You look at my shelf and most of my paperbacks, you can tell which ones I've read and which ones I haven't yet because the ones I've read are broken. Oh my gosh. Love that. What for about you? you? How did you come across Beach Read? Well, I saw her other book. People we meet on vacation because it's come out very, very recently. So I've seen mm-hmm. it in a lot of storefronts. Yeah, and I think I, I've seen that one around. Yeah. And I just bought both of them on a whim. I had oh. never read her books before, had never heard of the author, um, but they were both there. And I purchased both of them. And this one just seemed a little bit more on brand for this episode. Okay. And well, I mean, it's literally called Beach It's Read. literally called Beach Read. Yes. And I was a little bit more curious about this plot. Um, I liked the idea of like writers working together and falling in love. Yeah. So I just read this one first, but I really knew nothing about them at all. That's exciting. That's exciting to just like jump into a book and have absolutely no expectations. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> My dog just ran off with my slipper. I'll be right back. Okay. I know nobody can see this, but my tiny dog is about as big as my slippers. And when she drags Mm -hmm. them away, it's really just so funny to watch because she can't pick them up, but she's really trying her hardest. Oh my gosh. That's amazing. Well, Julia, why did you pick this book for our Summer Lovin' episode? I mean, going back to what I said earlier, looking at my bookshelf, I don't really have any books that I would categorize as like summer books or beach books. Because literally, I mean, my life is no longer completely defined by summer vacation anymore. Right. Um, No more school. Yeah, I'm not in school, so I can read whatever books I want at whatever time I want. Right. Um. That being said, I do have books that I tend to read more in like the fall and winter just because they have that sort of vibe. I get that. But but summer books, like summer books are are known to be like rom-coms and and just fluffy beachy reads. I think there's a the term chiclet. Chiclet. Not not the candy, but like Like lady literature. literature. (laughs) Yeah. And I just I don't read a lot of that. Yeah. I guess. Or I haven't. I used to, and I don't really gravitate toward it anymore. And so that the safe haven being like one of the only ones on my bookshelf, I was like, well, looks like this will do or this. So yeah, I hear you. I feel like I'm pickier when it comes to like romantic books. Most of the time, the books that I pick that are romantic novels are also something else, like whether it's fantasy Mm -hmm. or historical fiction or like there's something else going on. It's not just the romance. But I will say 
Uh, Emily Henry really nailed it for me. Nice. I'm glad you you got that. Yes. It reminded me a lot of how I felt when I was reading Red, White, and Royal Blue, where it's just like a rom-com. It's serious, but it's also like really funny and just like a fun read. Okay. I'll have to check that one out then. Yeah. I really liked it. 10 out of 10 for me. (laughs) Do you have a favorite line or section you want to share from that book? Yes. I do. All right. I have marked, well, I've marked three, but I'm only going to read two. I don't, I don't want to be overwhelming, but I wanted to read this romantic section. I thought it was really mm-hmm. beautiful, but I'm going to skip any spoilers. So it's an abbreviated version. Okay. And January recently found out some family secrets, which is part of the reason that she's staying on this beach house by herself for the summer. And she's coming to terms with what's going on. And she says, um, uh, people aren't math problems. I gave a heavy shrug. I can miss my dad and hate him at the same time. I can be worried about this book and torn up about my family and sick over the house I'm living in and still look out at Lake Michigan and feel overwhelmed by how big it is. I spent all last summer thinking I'd never be happy again, and now, a year later, I still feel sick and worried and angry, but at moments, I'm also happy. Bad things don't dig down through your life until the pit's so deep that nothing good will ever be big enough to make you happy again. Ideally, I said, unless the world freezes over in a second ice age, and in that case, there will at least be snowflakes until the bitter end. Gus touched the side of my face. I don't need snowflakes, as long as there's January. And I was like, barf, that's so romantic. Yeah, I was literally just about to say gag, but then I said cute instead. I know. It was like really (laughs) gross, but also like really romantic. I was like, what Mm -hmm. is happening in this book? Um, And then I have to read you this like really terrible line. It's my least favorite line in the book. Oh my gosh, I'm so So I I thought that would be fun to do too. Yes. (laughs) Okay, Gus, the guy, is feeling all self-conscious and emotional, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And January goes, <laughs> I can't even read it. It's like so embarrassing. Okay. I shook my head. I don't need you to be Fabio. I said, voice thick with emotion, like it wasn't the single stupidest sentence I'd ever uttered in my life. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, it seems like Emily Henry also knew it was the stupidest sentence she'd ever written. <laughs> I put the book down for a moment <laughs> after I read that line. It's like, this is embarrassing. Oh, man. What a line. That's right up there with like, I'm just going with Twilight with Bella being like, I know what you are <laughs> in the woods. Loud. <laughs> <laughs> it's all so bad. Oh my gosh. I know. I love it. Well, do you have a favorite line or a least favorite line? Uh, no. (laughs) Nothing? No, I, so I read this book during a camp week and I didn't really pay attention to like finding a favorite or least favorite section. Sure. It was just a, a book that I read and was like, well, it's a Nicholas Sparks book. Yeah. There's nothing that really sticks out to me in terms of like, oh my gosh, he said this and it was amazing. Sure. Like, uh, no, I feel bad. It's, it's the okay. first book I haven't actually found anything, but 
I also wasn't entirely invested in it either. I mean, but our I was. I finished it in two days. Might abandon us because of this, but mm. well, good riddance. <laughs> no, just kidding. Too bad. Please don't leave. Please don't leave. <laughs> we love you. <laughs> um, do you have a crush on anyone in your book, Maggie? You know, I don't know. Because I do, actually, in mine. I would say in real life, I would probably have a crush on Augustus. He's like that Mm -hmm. moody person who never Uh, says what's going on. He's mysterious. Yeah. But then also, realistically, it's like, who has the time for that kind of drama? No one. Nobody. I guess he's like the type of person that's fun to daydream about. Okay. That would that's be my fair. answer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What about you? Uh, I absolutely have a crush on the widowed dad in this book. Yes. His name is Alex. Yes. He's yes. just a hunk. Oh, um, yes. Katie's okay, but she's too closed off. But Alex, oh my gosh, if I met an Alex in real life and he had two adorable children and it was just super genuine, just wanted the best for everyone he interacted with. Everyone. I would absolutely climb that like a tree. Like <laughs> <laughs> He's so nice, too. He's, He's so like nice. The most pure Nicholas Sparks character ever. I agree with your so, decision. Thank you. Yeah. Definitely have a crush on him. Definitely. Well, Julia, I feel like I know the answer, but is there a villain in Safe Haven? There is because without a villain, we wouldn't need a safe haven. That's right. Um, yes. Katie, the main lady in this book, is on the run from her abusive husband, Kevin. Kevin is an alcoholic cop. I yeah. think they live in Boston, I'm pretty or somewhere near Boston. And he really like um, that those parts of the book actually like that were from Kevin's point of view really unsettled me, uh, because mm-hmm. he's legitimately crazy, and I felt unsettled mostly because I was like Nicholas Sparks, why can you write him so well? Um, mm-hmm. I'm not accusing Nicholas Sparks no, of I any sort of thing is. like that. He just wrote Kevin incredibly well and incredibly uncomfortably. Like, I did not like reading about Kevin because Kevin had, like, a circular thinking pattern. And literally, after Katie managed to escape, because she had tried two times previously, um, after she actually successfully did it, he just went off the deep end. Like, he was already crazy before she left. We saw that. And then she left. And he was just, oh, man, it was awful. It was so bad. Yeah, he is insane. Nicholas Sparks definitely did his research. Oh my gosh, it was terrifying. So yes, he is the bad guy and he is actually bad. Yeah. Um, Well, for Beach Read, I would say that both January and Augustus have someone who has triggered them into living at these beach houses. So Mm -hmm. someone in their life has sort of done them dirty, but nobody's like actually a villain. Everyone has like really good intentions and... It's just that life is complicated, you know? Plus, most of the people who they have villainized in their minds don't even come back. <laughs> they just sort of, like, trigger the reaction. Well, that's nice, at least. Yeah. Is Beach Read a movie or a show, or will it be? No news on it yet. Okay. I think it will, either this one or People We Meet on Vacation will end up being optioned for a movie. 
I would be surprised if they wouldn't be just because they're very popular, but I doubt both of them would be. Okay. It would end up being one of them. Mm -hmm. My money is actually probably on her other one. I mean, it's so new. Yeah. And it's very like when Harry met Sally uh, are the vibes of the other one, which I think just kind of works better as a Mm rom-com. Safe Haven is already a movie. It came out nine years ago. Very long time ago. You know, when I first saw the movie, my biggest pet peeve, and this is just something that I kind of have gotten over as I age, Mm -hmm. but when I first saw it, it really bothered me because Katie's character has blonde hair and she dyes it brown when she runs Mm -hmm. away. And in the the movie, she has brown hair and then she dyes it blonde because the actress, I guess, looked better with her blonde hair. I mean, I would agree with that. She definitely does. Julianne Hoff looks really good with blonde hair. <laughs> but I, when I first saw it, it made me so mad that they changed this really trivial detail. Yeah, that's fair. And I mean, so I have the mass paperback version of it from after the movie came out. And the front of it has Julianne Hoff with blonde hair and Alex not with silver hair. Like he's supposed to be prematurely just white. Yeah. Um, in the book. And neither of them had the hair color they were supposed to have in the book. And I was like, this is really deceptive, guys. I Did know. you not read the book? Um, I realize it's like not the most important part, but just makes me feel like they went for a lot of sex appeal in the movie. <laughs> well, they got it. That they did. <laughs> So on a scale of 1 to 10, 1 being the easiest book ever, like a board book, and 10 being insanely difficult, like a Latin book maybe, sure. how easy is this book to read for you or for other people, do you think? Um, I mean, I would easily put it at a 5, 4 or 5. It's a super quick read, at least it was for me, but it's not dumbed down. It's definitely still like adult mm-hmm. literature, mm-hmm. but it was an easy read. Yeah, I would probably say mine's at, at probably a four. I mean, it has adult content in it with all of the like abusive nature yeah. and traumatic uh, experiences and triggering that Katie goes through. Right, for but, sure. But yeah. I would agree with that just mm-hmm. for content, not even really like the writing style. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not hard to read whatsoever. Uh, It's just emotionally hard to read sometimes. Yes. Yeah, definitely. It's not the easiest Nicholas Sparks to dig into. Which honestly, I kind of appreciated. I'm glad I didn't have any of the other Nicholas Sparks books on my (laughs) shelf. (laughs) Then I would have felt inclined to pick one of those ones. Yeah, I hear you. Safe Haven is definitely my favorite of all of his books. Um, Well, Julia, what do you think is the best location to sit down and read this book? Probably in a pool or on a beach. In a pool. Yeah. If you're on like a floaty. Oh, okay. (laughs) My mind immediately went to you like kicking around the pool, swimming, (laughs) reading your mask In goggles, reading it underwater. (laughs) Yes. Yes. No, like on a pool floaty or on a beach towel or just like – in the sun, in a very relaxed environment. That makes sense. Okay. Yeah. What about you? Um. Well, it's called Beach Read, so I feel like it's meant to be read on the beach. Would you read it on the beach? I would. I didn't, but I, <laughs> I would okay. if I could do it all over again. And it's not a very large book either, right? So it would 
it would fit in with like your beach stuff if yes. you were going. It's actually like that perfect um, purse size. Mm-hmm. So, so this is a question that is new for us just in our general discussion, which I find it kind of funny. Um, oh, yes. Do any of the characters share your zodiac sign? And if not, what sign would you put the two romantic leads um, in? I don't think. Well, just so everyone knows, I'm a Leo. What's the main one? Your sun sign? Yes. I don't believe that either character shares my sun sign. And you guys, I have to be honest, I don't know a ton other than like the basic information, Mm -hmm. but I would guess that Augustus is a Taurus and January is a Pisces. Oh, interesting. Thank you. Yeah. Well, it's it's even more interesting because when I was trying to think about the two romantic leads in Safe Haven, Katie, I pegged either as a Taurus or a Pisces. <gasps> wow. Mm-hmm. We both have the same ideas. Yeah. But then I made Alex an Aquarius, um, which I'm an Aquarius. Did you feel so. like you guys were the same? I felt like if I were in his shoes, then I would have done the same thing that he did. I think that's totally fair. Which is why I made him an Aquarius. Also, I made his dead wife an Aquarius. Oh, okay. Yep. Because who else writes a letter to your soon-to-be ex-husband's future wife? True. That really is... (laughs) That's an Aquarius move. It's really out there. It takes quite a level of detachment, but also caring at the same time. Yeah. That I don't know how many other Zodiac signs would be able to do. I'm not sure either, but as I said, I don't know too much information. Um, That's fair. My dad is a Taurus, which is why I felt like Augustus was too. Okay. Like semi-closed off. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Kind of stubborn, but still like very loyal, very uh, hardworking, very generous. Mm -hmm. I pegged that one really well. January as a Pisces, I'm not sure. It just felt correct. Go with your gut. A gut feeling, yes. I do feel like there's a character named Maggie in this book, mm-hmm. and she is totally a Leo. Love that. <laughs> so. Is this book, is Beach Read similar to any classic romance novels, you think? I would say it is most similar to like a Pride and Prejudice, You've Got Mail storyline, because the characters start very indifferent toward one another. They actually went to college together. So they've known each other for a very long time, but they never spoke in college. They were rivals. They didn't get along. And they're like learning to appreciate and warm up to each other as the story goes on. Yeah. It's a very like enemies to lovers story. I like that. Yeah. I like those. What about you? I, I don't know. I don't think um, so. I wouldn't. I mean... Because Nicholas Sparks really has his own formula for everything, I would just compare it to other Nicholas Sparks books. Yeah. So I don't know. If anyone else has an idea of of a classic that Safe Haven might be similar to, let us know. Yeah, I'm really not sure. I can't quite think of anything because Katie really saves herself. It's not like a damsel in distress situation. Like, obviously, she is in trouble, but she instigates her freedom yeah and and she 
has like a, a an issue that happens throughout most of the book is she has issues asking for help. Yeah. And so like her biggest thing throughout the book is learning how to ask for help and how to open herself up again because she's been closed off for so long. Yeah. Which I mean, good for her. Honestly, this book takes place, I think, over less than a year. And I feel like in the traumatic experiences that she goes through, at the beginning or like through her husband i would not be that open less than a year later no way absolutely not no way i don't think i would be either i think that she really really wants to grow and change and it's totally apparent throughout the Mm -hmm. entire book Mm -hmm. how badly she wants something different and she manages to do it she pulls herself up out of the mud and and makes her own future definitely she's a very inspiring character she is so strong and so cool Mm -hmm. yeah her character arc was was nice to read about Mm -hmm. even though it was really awful in the beginning yeah Mm -hmm. well are there any other characters that you wanted to shout out or character Uh, arcs hers i think was the most significant and i mean obviously this book is about katie and from katie's perspective Mm -hmm. So I really only want to shout out hers because hers was really cool. Well, Augustus in January obviously had the biggest character arcs overall. I don't really want to get into Augustus's because it's such a slow burn and like a big Mm -hmm. reveal. But uh, January, which I will share because you find out in the first 10 pages. So it's not a spoiler alert. But um, her dad passed away. And at the funeral, she realized that he had another woman Mm. that her mom, who has cancer, knew about. And January started writing all of these romance novels because of her parents. Like she thought they had the greatest love story, Mm -hmm. that they were always there for each other. And then she finds out basically that it was all a lie and her mom won't talk to her about it. So she feels completely ostracized and like, yeah, oh, that's rough. And her dad leaves her the beach house that him and the, his other woman used Ew. and okay. she's completely broke. So she feels like forced to move into it. It's like such a journey for her. You know, I, I like felt for her. The whole time, like it was a very traumatic thing Mm -hmm. and like a really big deal for her that she experienced. And especially then living in that house, she just grew so much and like learned to sort of accept what happened and like to still understand that good people can do things that we don't agree with or we don't like. Mm -hmm. She really struggled to find love for her dad when so much of their relationship she felt was fake. Yeah. I just wanted to shout out her journey. And then I want to give a shout out to one of my favorite characters. And that is January's best friend, Shadi. She reminded me a lot of my best friend, Elise. And not they're not similar people, but their relationship with one another was so similar. It like uh-huh. warmed my heart. Yes. Like that. The things that they would text to each other. I was like, oh my gosh. This is like capturing female best friendship at its finest. Ah. Yeah, I really liked it. I loved it a lot. Elise should read this book. I agree. Elise, are you listening? Read this book. She does (laughs) listen, so that is nice. Oh, hey, Elise. I know. (laughs) How's it going? You can't respond right now. I know, but we love you. (laughs) 
You're pretty cool. I, I guess this is pretty obvious for your yeah, book. Are there any yeah. unredeemable characters? Yes. Yeah. It's Kevin. Spoiler <laughs> alert. He dies. Thank goodness. Yeah, well, he sucks. So there's there's a new TV show that Annie Murphy is doing called Kevin Can F Himself. Oh, yes. Um, I haven't watched it, but just based on the title, I really want to. I know, especially with a name like Kevin. I have an Uncle Kevin, so I can't be. Oh, too sorry, Uncle Kevin. <laughs> He's probably not listening, but. I just feel like a lot of bad guys are named Kevin. Well, I feel like it's just, it's a very, it can be a very aggressive name because you've got like a hard K and then a V. Mm. And like not many people have V's in their name. And again, my brother has a V in his name, so I'm not going to <laughs> be like, everyone with V's are evil. They're evil. No, it's not, that's not the case. That's it's not just what we're like, saying. it can be a very aggressive name yes. if you said it in an aggressive way. It's sort of like a literary tactic mm-hmm. is to use a um a lot of hard consonants in certain names to make it yeah. very like violent sounding. Like even thinking of the a different K name, Kyle, like I think of a surfer dude. Kyle. Kyle. Like, What's up, Kyle? <laughs> <laughs> but you can't do that with Kevin. It'd have to be shortened to like Kev or something. Kev. Yeah, or Vin. That would that would be weird. Would it be weird? I don't know. Vin Diesel has that name. But is it really Kevin Diesel? I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> ah! Oh my goodness. I laughed so hard my headphones came unplugged. Okay. <laughs> All right. So we need something that says Kevin Diesel on it. I agree. I think that would be funny. Oh my um, gosh. So are there are there unredeemable characters in in your book? It seems like they're everyone has their own growth and everyone has some sort of redemption in it. Totally. Everyone is redeemable. Even mm-hmm. like her dad's other woman and all of the side characters, they have a moment of clarity, a moment of forgiveness and of redemption. I mean, this is such a rom-com you know like every but mm-hmm. everything is tied up in a little bow and it works out for everybody well red white and royal blue really opened up my eyes to rom-coms so i'm more likely to read this one now yes i think you should thanks i think i'm pretty sure i've seen it at the library so i'll probably check it out oh i'm sure yes mm-hmm your book came out in 2009. Do you think it's think remained it 20, relevant? Yeah. 2010. 2010. Um, yeah, I think so. I mean, I think it is a, a good book if someone needs a safe haven from traumatic experiences. I feel like there are more people than we can count that have had traumatic experiences uh, through different relationships. And I feel like this one is a good way to be able to sit in it, but then see someone grow out of it yeah. and grow past it. Absolutely. I completely agree with you. And I think it's so important for people to read and understand stories of people who are able to get out, but also to understand how difficult it is and how you can oh my feel gosh. so stuck. Yeah. Yours is relatively new. Um, yes. It's very and I new. imagine based on forgiveness, it is incredibly relevant as well. I think so. Learning how to grow grow, and forgive people. Yeah. I mean, this just came out in 2020, so it's very new. Mm-hmm. I think it's super relevant. Yeah. I mean, 
you know me. I think that understanding other people's perspectives and having compassion and forgiveness for other people is like super important. Mm-hmm. And I think this book combines those elements really well with also just being like a fun and flirty novel. It's also two of the side characters, Augustus's aunt um, has a wife. So it's LGBTQ friendly, which is nice that it wasn't like the center of attention, but it's still there, which I appreciate in stories Mm -hmm. too. I just really enjoyed it. I thought it was really fun and yeah, I liked it. I think it's relevant. Yeah. Would you, what else would you recommend if people have already read Beach Read? I would definitely recommend her other book, People We Meet on Vacation. I started it and I wasn't so sure about it because I didn't think that the two leads belonged together, but they wooed me. And by the end of the book, I totally understood and I loved it. I also think I just started reading One Last Stop by Casey (gasps) McQuiston. You did? I haven't started it yet. And I think that from what I'm picking up from my first few pages, I think that that would be another really good one if you enjoy Beach Read. Okay, (laughs) cool. What about you? I'm going to be really lame and just say read other Nicholas Sparks books, even though I have not read other Nicholas. I'm sure I have. I just don't remember. It's got two actors almost kissing on the front of it. I'm sure if you picked up any other book with two actors almost kissing on the front of it, it would probably have a similar vibe. Yeah, but maybe not with the the trauma. And I think Safe Haven is, is uh, individual in that regard. I would agree. So maybe like a sad Nicholas Sparks, like a walk to remember. Yeah, maybe. The Longest Ride. The Lucky One is another good one, I think, because isn't he a war veteran? So they have different things to deal with um, with that. You know, I have to say something I admire about Nicholas Sparks is that his books only get more sort of deep and detailed. You know, we started with like the notebook and even Mm -hmm. a walk to remember. They have sad elements, but they're both so short. They don't really dig into anything. Mm -hmm. And then I feel like with some of his books like Dear John and The Lucky One and Safe Haven, you're dealing with PTSD and abuse and like really, really serious aspects in people's lives and what it means to love someone because of that. Yeah. So that would be what I would suggest. Yeah. Other other Nicholas Sparks books. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> this episode is short and sweet, and that's kind of the vibe we want for summer anyway. Yes, please. Well, I think with that, we heckin' did it, you guys. Thank you so much for listening. If you like what you heard and want more content just like it, subscribe to our Patreon. We post videos of our book unboxings and book hauls, and every month we have a super fun, extra special episode about the novel finds we are currently reading on top of the ones for our podcast. That's right. We also do a monthly Q&A session where we answer your questions. Ask us anything. We answer all sorts of questions. You Mm -hmm. can email us your questions at novelfindspodcast at gmail.com. And you can also submit your questions on our Patreon. And if you need even more bookish content in your life, you can follow us on Instagram at novelfindspodcast. Or you can share us with other people that need more bookish content in their life. That's right. Uh, The best way for podcasts to get more listeners is by word of mouth. So share us with your friends. Please, please, please. (laughs) 
Yeah, we'd love to make more more friends. Yes. Our email, Patreon, and Instagram handle can be found in our bio. Again, you guys, thank you so much for listening. We'll see you all in two weeks.